You know, we love it when people reach out to us and ask us to talk about a topic. One of our loyal listeners emailed me and said, why don't you talk about Terry on Arnold today? You know what? It's a pretty good idea. That's what we'll do. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him, Jimmy. We're going to talk a little Terry on Arnold today. Because somebody named Cameron Bishop, oh, maybe that's too obvious. I should have said C. Bishop or Cameron B. has uh, decided to reach out to us and ask us about Cameron Bishop because he saw an article on AL.com talking about Tyrion Arnold. And also, ironically, I don't know if this is, is just the world's greatest coincidence, but um, Bam Online had an article about Tyrion Arnold too. And um, it's a good article uh, on Bam Online, excuse me, on, uh, on, on Bam Online and on. Uh, AL.com, Mike Rodak. By the way, Rodak, you know Rodak was the villain in Space Giants, right? Does anybody else know that? I hope. Uh, in, 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 in Little Giants? Space Giants. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. What, 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 which uh, show? This close to, listen, when you say, was Rodak the villain in Little Giants this close to Easter, you make little baby Jesus cry. I'm just telling <laughs> you right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> I will put up a picture of Rodak later when you're on a rant. But um, so on AL.com, they talk about Terry on Arnold. And, it, you know, maybe it's just because I did get sort of tied up in basketball a little bit more than I normally do, I guess, this year. Um, I'd forgotten that Terry on Arnold essentially got – he got passed over. I mean, it was probably a combination of Eli Ricks getting healthy and, and he was going to get that job as soon as he got healthy and Terry on Arnold not playing really well, Nick Saban – uh, alluded to his not playing well against Ole Miss, not playing well against uh, Tennessee. And uh, Terron Arnold, to his credit, man, I'm going to tell you, if you when you read this article on AL.com about him, you realize what an unselfish guy he is. I mean, he has some quotes in here talking about um, – he said, last year was a little bit of a growing experience, kind of like the first time in my life I was playing corner for real. I really had a chance to get thrown out there in the fire and really grow from it. And he talks about how – uh, some like Caleb Downs has come in and played so well uh, in practice. And he talks about how uh, uh, Traveris Robinson and him had, had sat down and watched some of his uh, poor play in games like Ole Miss and Tennessee and how that made him a better cornerback. And he, he said, actually, a better man. Um, just, I don't know, it just sounded like a very mature interview. And I was super impressed by it. You know, uh, I'm glad he's hard on himself. I mean, that that's how you improve. Uh, and and I, I was really impressed with Terry on last year. We have to remember, even though he'd been in the program two years, he was a freshman, a redshirt freshman, playing in games for the first time. And uh, when we went into last season, Luke, uh, we, we were, you know, we didn't worry about corner. Or I remember I, I was not worried so much about cornerback. I noticed that Nick Saban bought it up every now and then, but I'm like, Gosh, we have Kool-Aid, and I love Kool-Aid, and I knew Kool-Aid was going to be great, and, and, and he is. You know, in the other corner, we had Eli Ricks coming in, who had been an, a third-team All-American as a true freshman LSU. I was very excited about that. I didn't know at the time Eli would have the troubles he did. Uh, one, Eli missed a lot of practice time, and that really affected his ability to learn 
the scheme at Alabama. So Eli was behind on everything. That's why we didn't see him till till very late in the season. Uh, health and when you're healthy and not practicing, how how in the world are you really going to learn the complicated Alabama scheme? Uh, but we also, in addition, we forget this guy because he portaled out. But we also had Kyrie Jackson that a lot of people were really high on. And it was like Terry on was the fourth corner, if that. But what happens? Ricks gets hurt. He can't learn the scheme. Kyrie plays when, when Ricks is out. And early in the season, it was Kool-Aid on one corner and Kyrie on the other. But Kyrie got beat a little too much. So they're like, hey, let, let's 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 take a look at the freshman, Terion Arnold. And basically, Terion Arnold beat out Kyrie Jackson. Terion's the reason Kyrie has portaled to Oregon, where he'll very likely be a starter for the Ducks this fall and a good player. Uh, how did he do? Uh, you know, there are ups and downs. I mean, good luck being a freshman cornerback in this league. I mean, look who you're playing against, and you're man-to-man all the time against – SEC receivers, whose next stop is the NFL, and he's a young guy. I think Terion was really good. Let's remember this, Luke. Kool-Aid played quite a bit as a freshman. Now, he was a true freshman. Kool-Aid played quite a bit. And there were fans that we had online on message boards and social media uh, who who were tough on Kool-Aid, didn't think much of him. I was. I, I, thought, I thought what Kool-Aid was doing was incredible. And now he may be the best cornerback in college football. Uh, I'm not saying Terion impressed me to the extent I don't think he's Kool-Aid, but hey, there's a there's a gulf between where Kool-Aid is and, and and where not being a very good player is. There's a gulf, and and Terion's a little, a little closer to Kool-Aid than not being very good. I, I I think Terion did fine. One big point though I want to make, and I think this is the biggest point when discussing Terion and Kool-Aid's directly involved in this. Because McKinstry probably is the best cornerback in college football, these other teams, they're not idiots. They're going to see the tape. They know they know Kool-Aid by reputation or they know him by the tape. They're not throwing at Kool-Aid this year. Kool-Aid's going to catch a cold. He might as well just bring a blanket and a book and a bottle of wine out there as bored as Kool-Aid's going to get on his side of the field. All those balls are going at Terrion, and that's going to result in about three things. Number one, Terrion's going to make a bunch of plays probably make more interceptions of Kool-Aid because of the action he's going to see over there. But number two, he's going to get beat. He's going to get beat. And and I think fans might get pretty rough on him because it's a bet every year you can win. Who's the least popular player on the team every year? A cornerback. Because that's who is obviously beat. It's not as obvious when one of the 10 other defensive players mess up or don't do as well. But it is obvious when the corner does. Uh, I, I think Terion's probably going to get over-criticized, uh, but it, it's because they're going to go at him because they, they're not going to go with Kool-Aid. But that, that's what I think. Uh, I, I think he's a good player. And I was just really taken aback. He also mentioned Earl Little. I thought, um, again, I just it just sounded like a mature interview. And for whatever reason, uh, Terion Arnold has always struck me as – an athlete who probably needs to work on his technique. I mean, you know, if you remember when he first came to Alabama, there was talk that he was going to play basketball. Uh, in fact, he thought he'd play basketball as late as last summer. Now he's given that dream up. But, um, it, you know, he just seemed like a guy who had all these athletic tools, but maybe not going to be a perfect fit in any home or any position. And so I just thought it was really mature. And I think it's such a good sign. Again, 
my optimism for this season continues to grow based on Nick Saban's comments. And then when I hear players like Terry on Arnold speak, I'm like, okay, this sounds like one of those kind of older school teams, by the way, Jimmy, uh, the show space giants, this is Rodak. Uh, it was a Japanese live action show. This is also Rodak. <laughs> That's the, it, he doesn't look so much like a villain as he, as he looks like a, He's a, a space inviter who also has a windowless van that waits outside of kindergartens. And here is the hero, Goldar, also looks like he has a windowless van parked right behind Rodax. <laughs> but that, that was, look at that. That is just horrible. But I was a little bit like Whitney Houston's stalker in the bodyguard. <laughs> that, that also was, um, yeah, Goldfinger 2 was really a bad movie. Look at that. Um, anyway, no, that's the reason I hate the Atlanta Braves because see the Braves used to only be on TBS, right? right. And when I would come home from school, uh, I would walk to my grandparents from school and space shots would always be up in the afternoon, unless, unless the Braves were playing and the Braves preempted space shots. And I vowed at that young age to always hate the Braves. Let me tell everybody, if you want to bet on the Braves, well, then you can do so from FanDuel. And that's, you know, grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They're all back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't happen to win. You can bet on all these kind of oddball things too like will Aaron Judge uh pick up pick up where he left off last year and have a home run I think he's hurt right now but I'm not sure I don't really follow baseball will a pitcher go over under on strikeouts things like that you can bet on some funky stuff will the Braves pre-up space giants I don't know if that's on there anymore so don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball also want to thank you again for making us your first listen. I always forget to say that at first because I'm so busy concentrating, not asking Jimmy how he's doing. Uh, <laughs> any, so, no one cares. Uh, Jimmy, uh, we were talking yesterday on the pod about uh, reviewing what we've learned so far in the spring. We talked uh, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback. And now let's talk a little tight end and a little offensive line. Um, I want to keep this segment a little shorter because I do want to go over Mel Kuyper's mock draft in the next segment. That may be a little longer, but tight end wise, um, you've got Robbie Oost, right? Am I saying that right? That's how I say it, Oost. Yeah, Oost, yeah. I, it, it, it seems a little screwy. Um, Danny Lewis is on the team. He's been getting some run at first team, which, okay, um, I've Honest to God, if you had told me name every player you can on the roster, I would have forgotten Danny Lewis was on the roster. Um, that doesn't mean much. Uh, but usually I'm pretty good at knowing who's on the roster. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but pleasantly surprised. Then there's C.J. Dupree, uh, who sounds like a uh, DJ at uh, your uncle's third wedding. Um, but I, I suspect he is going to be a good player. I know he was pretty good at my, at uh, Maryland. And then there's Amari uh, Knobloch. Now, that's the guy I want to see. That's the right. guy I want to be the guy. I wanted Jaleel Billingsley to be the guy. It never came to fruition. 
why can't he just be the guy, Jimmy? <laughs> well, I think Amari is a really good player, and I think we're going to see more of Amari this year than we saw last year. I think he's progressing. I think he's a guy that I'm not going to call him a starter, uh, but, you know, a, a thing I, I stress all the time here on the show, Luke, uh, I, I, if, if you play with the first team, you're a starter, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if you play with the first team and the game's undecided, and you're playing LSU, or you're playing Tennessee, or you're playing Auburn, and you're out there playing with the first team, you're a starter to me. And 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 I think Amari fits is going to fit that description this year. I think we're going to see him with the ones quite a bit early in big games. I think he's a significant player. Uh, to me, I kind of address the tight end issue, though. It, who's going to play the most snaps? Uh, of the tight ends that are going to play our two tight end positions, why? That's a traditional in-line tight end, lines up next to a tackle. And the H, who's kind of a move player, he may line up at the line of scrimmage. He may line up in the backfield. He may line up split wide in the slot or even further wide. Uh, That that we call that position the H. Uh, You know, who's going to play the most snaps? My money is on C.J. Dupree. I think that's why we signed him from Maryland. And I also think C.J. is a block first tight end. And I think that's why we signed him. I, I think we needed someone that we can depend on to get that edge blocked because we are recommitting to being a physical offense. And 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 you need a tight end that's going to get that position blocked. Omari is more of the H. He's more of the guy you move around trying to get mismatches and throw the ball for him. That's probably the best way to describe it. I think there will be a role for him, and that's his specific thing. But if Amari wants to cut into C.J. Dupree snaps, if he wants to cut into Robbie Oost snaps, he's just going to have to gain weight, bigger, stronger, better blocker. This position, I call tight ends block first or catch first, right? But that's oversimplifying things. This is a fact. you got to block. You play that position, you got to be a blocker. Yeah, you're going to catch balls if you're good at that, and, and there's a, a role for that. But Amari will play more and more snaps as he – becomes a better and better blocker. I'm sure he's our best pass-catching tight end right now, but it's not going to do us any favors at all uh, if if he catches three or four balls a game, but on the other 25 snaps he plays, he gets absolutely whipped, and they're tackling our running back in the backfield. So I think with Nablack, it's a matter of uh, gaining confidence as a blocker, gaining skills as a blocker. We'll see more of him. I think Dupree and Oost, We'll see quite a bit because they're good blockers. Dupree's a good blocker at the line of scrimmage. Used a good blocker away from the line of scrimmage. Danny Lewis, uh, sort of, I'm not going to go so far as to say a spring story, but I am surprised. Before the spring, I would have predicted that he wouldn't be getting a lot of first-team looks, but he is. Some of it's because of the Oost injury and Oost being out for most of the spring. But Danny Lewis uh, looks like another guy, Luke, that I'm going to say is going to get first-team snaps. He will get some snaps with the ones, uh, it appears. So between those four tight ends, mixing and matching based on down and distance and opponent, between those four tight ends, I think we're going to be pretty good. I, I mean, I think we could. I, I'm just sort of – somebody's got to show me something. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not sold on anybody yet. If, if you ask me to be sold on somebody, it would be Amari, not Black. But, I mean, I just I, – I'd like to see a little more. And I think it's there. That's the thing. I would love for Danny Lewis to be the guy uh, or be a guy uh, or CJ Dupree to be a guy. I, I'd love it. 
Um, I, I, I have the most confidence in Amari Nablak, though. Uh, offensive line, then, is a discussion, and there's obviously a lot of talk there. See, uh, J.C. Latham is obviously going to be uh, a starter. Elijah Pritchett, a lot of people think he will be a starter. It looks like he will be. Darian Dalcourt, uh, Seth McLaughlin, uh, Tyler Booker. The, these are all guys uh, that, that look like they're going to be starters. And another player that has been making a lot of noise is Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, Terrence or TJ, uh, he is finally, I think, making a move. Uh, does that mean he's going to be in the first team? No, but uh, when TJ showed up, uh, a very big-time recruit, uh, very highly rated, uh, he, he's highly regarded really as the everyday forever, uh, but uh, TJ was was rated as highly as those guys are higher, uh, and he, he, he didn't do much his first couple of years, but hey, with a lineman, that's typical. We got to... It's, it's a developmental position. I, I think TJ has turned the corner and is contending for a first-team role. Uh, I think that offensive line, two things. Number one, I, I, from my understanding, I think the staff is nearly thrilled with what the first team is doing, those first five to seven guys. I think they're, they're thrilled with them. The problem, if you want to call it the problem, is what's beyond them. There, there is, in, in terms of the two deep, Luke, there are true freshmen, partly because they're good, legit good, but it's not ideal, right? I mean, the depth on the offensive line is one of the biggest problems on the whole team. Maybe even problem number one. be a problem if your first five, six, seven guys stay healthy, then not a problem. You're, you're, you're in great shape. But uh, I, I think one of the things about the offensive line, even though media doesn't get access to practice, uh, things have come into focus there. Uh, it is Pritchett at left tackle and Latham at right tackle and Booker at right guard and Dalcourt at left guard and Seth McLaughlin at center. That's your first team. Uh, that That's kind of held up all through this. You know, we're now over halfway done with spring practice. That's held up. It, it's, it's those five guys. And we'll see if they if they all are still the ones on a day. Right now, I'd tell you they are. Second team, which is more interesting. Here's where the depth comes into play. The second team tackles are both true freshmen. Caden Proctor on the right side, Wilcom Formby on the left side. Uh, from what I hear, sources close to the program, as I say, they love these guys. They think they're going to be great. It just might not be ideal that they're so young and they're the second team guys. Second team center, in reality, is Darian Dalcourt. If Seth got hurt, Darian plays center. But in terms of substituting an entire new offensive line, because Dalcourt's first team at left guard, the second center is James Brockermeyer. He's coming along. I think he's he's a good player. I, I think I think Jay Brock is very likely a, a starter for Alabama down the road. I know you like that, that Jay Brock. I just, I just, it's so funny. Um, it's so funny when I do it too. It's so funny when middle-aged white guys try to get in yeah. on this. On We're, pals. Of, We're of, pals. Hey, me and Jay Brock just chilling. I saw him on a uh, campus. Uh, I guess it was a uh, Saturday. I saw James, James Brockermeyer. So since I please, saw please him. Please tell me you did not call him Jay Brock. I, I did not. I did not. I, I did a really good job of not talking to him at all because we're strangers. <laughs> but I saw him. So I'm joking that now I can call him Jay Brock because we're practically friends because I saw him in a not <laughs> football context. Walking I, it would have been less embarrassing yeah. if you had said, hello, James, would you like to go to this skating rink with me this afternoon? 
That reminds me to next time we do basketball to retell my Rod Grizzard story. I've told it. I'm sure I talked in Tuscaloosa seven times. It's so old. It might not have made it to Locked on Bama. And it's so old. Maybe some have forgotten. So we'll do the Rod Grizzard story one day. But because it's it's along these lines. But Jay well, Brock hey, Center. And Rocket Center. We're going to cut TJ you off. Ferguson and, TJ Ferguson and Jaden Roberts are the second team guards right now. Ferguson sort of making a move at the first team. Proctor sort of pushing for a first team role. I think those would be the first two guys from the second team that would be, you know, contenders to start if something falters with the first five. But I think the, the staff is pretty happy with that starting group and the offensive line is uh, less of a liability and more of an asset this and we can keep those first five, seven guys healthy. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to discuss Mel Kuyper's latest draft. And we're back. Uh, speaking of Mel Kuyper, if I do this – I think I look like Mel Kuyper well, in a way. Congratulations. Like if I do this too, I mean, I have to. Does one say congratulations for that? I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, I'm glad I still have my hair, but the, the winners. There's probably Mel Kuyper groupies. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, God. Mel, Mel Kuyper, you can't, he slays. you can't get the women off Mel Kuyper. He slays, um, he slays as the kids say. <laughs> anyway, you and Jay Brock were talking about. Yeah, that's what we talked about. Yeah. Anyway, hey, Jay Brock, um, JS. Hey, hey, doesn't that Mel Kuyper? He slays. Uh, Jay, uh, Mel K has uh, Bryce Young going one, which, yep. okay, I, finally, somebody, you know, I listened to a couple of guys yesterday on uh, the College Network and Dari Noka, who is actually on the SEC Network, he was like, look, I'm, if I'm a, he's a Carolina fan, apparently. And he was like, I would probably pick CJ Stroud. And, the, and I think Neuheisel, and maybe one other said, look, you're crazy. I mean, you got to take Bryce Young if you watched him play. And he was like, yeah, I'm just so worried about his size. And he's like, well, were you worried about his size when he played for Alabama in the toughest league in the country and his offensive line wasn't great and neither were his receivers? Were you worried about his size then? Because he was the same size. And um, were you worried about him when he took all these shots to the head against Tennessee? They weren't called as targeting. Or when he um, ducked under players like he did against Texas to pick up a big first down that, that led to the game-winning field goal. You know, worrying about his size, I mean, I would get it if he weren't so dead gum talented and hadn't proven himself time and time again. If you were like, oh, he has shown flashes of being good, but his size is a drawback. Okay, I think that's a very fair argument. But when he is consistently awesome, and then you're like, he's just not big enough. It reminds me of that Nate Bargesi joke. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he said, you know, I, my parents have this really fat cat. And people come over and they're like, your cat's so fat. And they're like, what do you want us to do about it? I mean, when he eats eight birds outside, he doesn't tell us. We still feed him, you know. And he's like, by the way. I saw that cat jump from the kitchen floor on top of the refrigerator. That's like me jumping from the ground on top of a school bus. If I did that, you wouldn't say, hey, you could still lose a few pounds. You know, that's that's what it's like with Bryce Young. It, it, when, when, you, when he's out there doing all this awesome stuff all the time, and then you're like, yeah, but he's just not big enough. He's not doing this in the Mountain West. And no offense to the Mountain West. If he were doing it in the Mountain West, he'd still be awesome. But I'm saying he's not doing this in, in peewee football. He's doing this in the SEC against a really tough schedule on the road in hostile environments without Ruggs, Judy, and um, 
Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddle, by the way. That's no shot at two, I'm just saying. I think uh, Peyton Manning had a real good line last night on the uh, all-access Manning show that they had on ESPN, too, and uh, it was very good. It was all dedicated to Bryce last night, and and they were addressing uh, his size, and Peyton had a good line of, you know, Bryce has been this size for a while now. This isn't new to him. He's been playing football at this size for a while. He said this would be a, his size would be a bigger issue to me if all along he had been six four and he just woke up and now he's five ten. He's like that 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 would be like oh how's how's he going to adjust? It's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big story, you know. Now how's, how's he going to play now that he's five ten? He used to be six four. Did we draft uh, Benjamin Buttons? I mean, what the hell? Uh, I think size is a. You know, you take the the Bryce sunglasses, you know, Bryce shades off and, and sit in an NFL war room and you're discussing this. I think his size is a huge deal because it's an outlier. You, you, it, it takes guts to break the mold and, and, and draft the outlier. I mean, he's he'll be the first player of this size ever taken as the first pick or ever taken in the first round or maybe ever taken in the draft. And it's not just because he's 5'10", that's part of it, but he's 5'10", and he's 190 pounds. You know, Kyler Murray is the same height, but Kyler Murray, like a legitimate 208, you know, there's some thickness to him. Bryce is a wiry guy on top of being uh, shorter. So I think his size is a thing. Now, is it the reason you don't take him? And, and, and in my mind, Carolina would be crazy not to take him. He's the best quarterback in this draft. He's proven himself at the SEC level playing against the same against in the NFL. And by the way, I know guys in the NFL are big. They're pretty big in the SEC too. They don't grow a ton more from the SEC to the NFL. Sort of the same guys. I, I, I think with Bryce, his, his size is about durability. He's going to get hit. He's, he's going to get hit in that league. And, and can he stay healthy and survive all the hits. Maybe not, but you know what? There's some 6'6", 230-pound dude in that league. He's going to get hit, and he's going to get hurt too. Uh, there, All the quarterbacks get hurt. Uh, Bryce is likely to get hurt. Is it because he's small? Well, the big guys get hurt too. So I think you take the best player. The best player is Bryce. I fully expect Bryce to go number one to the Panthers. I really think so. I have a preference that he go to the Texans at two because I think he'd be slightly set up for success a little more in Houston than he will be in Carolina. But Alabama's never had the, the first pick in the draft. And uh, as an Alabama fan, I'll be really proud to, to finally have Bryce Young be that guy that was our first ever first pick. Yeah, and I mean, I was going to spend a lot more of this segment on the mock draft itself, but I think we'll just keep it with Bryce Young. Uh, while you were talking about that, about the big guys getting hurt, you know, what do you say if, if if he's too big, you say he's a statue back there. He'll get hurt. If he's a running quarterback, you're like, you run in this league, you get hurt. I mean, so what is the argument? Peyton Manning, by the way, you brought up Peyton Manning, who had an incredibly long career. The Colts pretty much let him go because they were scared. Remember, he had this horrible neck injury, and they were like, I don't know that you sure. will ever move your neck again, much less call Omaha. So, um right. You know, he ended and he ended up going to Denver and working out because he loves football. That's why I respect Peyton Manning. Uh, by the way, Jake Butt was also on the college show today, the former Michigan tight end. I love this statement. It has nothing to do with Alabama. I just think that if you like college football, you'll like this statement. Because they asked him 
uh, the host asked him, he's an analyst now, I think, for the Big Ten Network. They asked him, so, you know, Jake, you got hurt in your bowl game. That was not a playoff game. It was just a simple bowl game. Or do you regret that? Because it probably cost you some money in the NFL and may have cost you a, a longer career. He said, I don't regret it one iota. He said, I was the team captain. He said, the little known fact was I was sick before that game. And I was getting IVs and I was getting all this stuff. And he was like, I wasn't missing it. And he said, because I was team captain, it meant something to me. It meant something to my teammates. And I went out there and played. Again, I'm not taking a shot at anybody who sits out a bowl game or anything. I'm just saying it's okay to acknowledge people who still play football for the love of the game and understand, you know, there's risk involved and I might not, I might cost myself some money, but he did it. And if you don't respect that, I don't know what to tell you. And because you respect it, it doesn't mean you take a shot at Christian McCaffrey or whoever has sat out a bowl game in the past or, or, you know, by the way, Bryce Young didn't set out a bowl game, but I mean, anybody for Alabama that has sat out a bowl game. So anyway, Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, by the way, Jimmy, I had a thought today while I'm out, I'm doing some manual labor here in Indianapolis. And one thing you and I did on talking Tuscaloosa one time was we drafted our all Saban teams and we went back and forth with it. And it was really uh, unfair because whoever got the first pick was going to pick Tua. And because there really wasn't at the time, there wasn't another quarterback to go with. I mean, you could go with AJ McCarron, but I mean, AJ and Tua is not. Now we got some competition. Now we got some competition at quarterback. So I want to do that again. You and I will have our all saving team draft, and then we will let the listeners decide which team would win. No, I like it. And uh, I like it. Can we draft saving kids that uh, at LSU or Michigan state? No, just Bama. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking that it'd be fun to draft Marcus Spears. Or Jamarcus Russell. I know you like that. Um, I haven't given up on him. I'm still waiting for the comeback. All right. All right, buddy. We'll talk tomorrow. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.